The Kindness Podcast is made possible by Cornwell Properties in Athens, Ohio. Cornwell Properties offers Ohio University students the best locations to live in Athens. All of their apartments are either on Court Street or within one block. Cornwell Properties. Location matters. Visit their website, cornwellpropertiesathens.com, for more information. Welcome to the Kindness Podcast. I'm Nicole Phillips. Today, I'm talking to kindness rock star Orly Waba, the founder and CEO of Life Vest Inside and the director and author of the viral video Kindness Boomerang. Orly joins us on the phone from Israel to talk about how her group is providing a helping hand for those who need it most. Orly, I have to tell you, I have been fascinated by your work for years. I mean that so literally. It's Seriously, that really means a lot to me, honestly. It really it really does. I can't tell you. Well, I, I'm like, here's a woman who just, you know, will you tell your story? I don't want to tell your story for you. Walk us through your personal kindness story. You started as a middle school teacher? I did. I started as a middle school teacher for seven amazing, amazing years. I left my job teaching seven years ago to start the organization, which was really basically pursuing uh, a dream I had ever since childhood. Not a dream of uh, starting a nonprofit, but a dream of really uniting people around the world under the banner of kindness and helping people recognize that sometimes we have to just get out of our own way. That when we come to understand our true value, we can come to understand the value of others. Uh, so while the mission of the organization is to you know, inspire, empower, and educate people of all backgrounds to lead a life of kindness, the, the core, the essence, is really based on empowerment. It's empowering people to recognize their value, that they matter, that they're unique and significant, that each person uh, bring something unique and significant to this world that nobody else can. Now, while you might be one in seven billion, the number that matters the most is that you're one. Hmm. I love that. So how did you take that then? I'm sure you shared those values within the classroom, but how did you how did you end up taking this out of the classroom and, and begin starting Life Vest inside? And so that's a, that's really a great question. Uh, like you said, I mean, these concepts, these values – of kindness, compassion, empathy. These were things I was implementing into my classroom on a daily basis. I love teaching more than anything. I miss it every day. I don't think that there's been a day since I left teaching that I don't speak about my years teaching because mm-hmm. they were absolutely spectacular. And like I said, uh, you know, it started with taking the first step. I knew that this was something that was been in my heart ever since I was a little four-year-old kid that dreamed of changing the world. Uh, a lot of my backstory, uh, you know, came about during my adolescent years going through a, a bit of a a bit of a hardship of my own. Uh, we had a when I was a sophomore in high school, we had I had a fire in my house, and uh, overnight my family completely lost everything. Mm. And it was uh, extremely extremely uh, traumatic. But it wasn't just the fire. It was one of those years where everything that could go wrong, you know, went wrong. And when you thought I couldn't get worse, it got worse. And one thing after the next continued to to snowball. And I tried being strong as sometimes we try and do. Uh, but that doesn't last for very long. And I sort of broke down and fell into a very, very, very scary, dark depression. I wasn't in school for several months. And to be honest, I didn't want to go back to school. I, you know, dreamed of changing the world. I wasn't even thinking that I had a place in it. Mm. And I was forced to go back to school after several months, but I wasn't that same kid. I was that kid sitting alone in the corner, a loner, didn't want to talk or engage with anybody didn't want to smile, didn't feel like there was anything to smile about. Those couple of months when I was home from school, see, not one kid, not one person called. Not one person came by to see if I was okay. And to be honest, I think that hurt me much more than the fire did. And it made me question whether I actually had a place in this world. And so there I was back in school feeling 
completely invisible. And one not so special day, woke up and as I was getting ready to go to school, I was looking at myself you know, in the mirror, like really looking at myself and the scariest thing happened. I didn't see that four-year-old kid that dreamed of changing the world. It was like she was gone, like somebody took her. Hmm. To be honest, that scared me the most. And I made a promise to myself back when I was 15. And it's a promise that honestly, it's guided me to my years teaching. It's guided me to the work I'm doing with Life Us Inside. And it's guiding me to whatever's next that I honestly don't even know about yet. And it was a promise to be there for people the way I wished somebody would have been there for me. And to see people the way I wish somebody would have seen me. And like I said, it's that province that kept me going. And it was with that energy that I went into teaching. It was with that energy that I went into actually beginning the organization. The organization started from a project that I started with my students, started with these acts of kindness cards that I was doing in my classroom. And the whole purpose was to empower my students to recognize that they matter and that the choices that they make matter. Hmm. That when you choose to do something, it's not you're not only affecting the person that you're doing it to or that you're speaking to, you're actually impacting every single person that's watching you do it hmm. for the good or for the bad. And so our choices do matter. And so I created these acts of kindness cards and every card had on it a different act of kindness. And on the back, it said, you know, please perform the act and pass the card to someone else. Let's keep the kindness going. Because what I explained to them was that, you know, you never know whose life that card is going to touch. But the fact that you had the courage to pass it forward and all the people's lives that will touch will be because you took that first step. A reminder that you, in fact, matter, that without you, the puzzle of this world is just not complete because like puzzle pieces, you know, each of us are different shape, different colors, but every single one of us is the same size. No person is more or less important than the next. And so from these kindness cards and from dreaming with my students and always encouraging them to dream, that was a very, very big thing that I incorporated in my class, to dream big, but to think small. Because in our lives, we need to, we have to have those big dreams, but we need to think small locally, how we can actually take those dreams and put them into actuality, mm-hmm. you know, bring them into fruition. And so during my summer off from teaching, I had a background in film production. And I said, I want to show people what the ability that kindness has to pass from one person to the next, that it's not you just doing or engaging with somebody that you're doing something for. It's the people that are watching it. It's the fact that you're supercharging someone. And when you supercharge them, they have the ability now, that energy to go out there and supercharge others. It's, it's sort of like a candle. You know, the beauty about a candle is it doesn't ever lose its essence. It doesn't lose its power of the flame by lighting others. It it, it continues to retain its power while at the same time being able to light a a complete fire Mm -hmm. and spread spread its power. And so I sat down and I wrote a script for Kindness Boomerang. I didn't know how or who it would reach, but it was all based on real life experiences. I went through little scenes, little moments in my life that left an imprint and I shot this film. I'll never forget that morning on the street. I was alone. It was about 7 a.m. or 6.30 a.m. And I said, I have no idea what's about to take place today, but I, I believe that this is something I'm meant to do. And what people don't know is I didn't show anyone that film for one year. Oh. From when I, not one year. For one year. I shot that film September 1st, 2010. Went back to teach, right? It was Labor Day. Right after Labor Day, went back to school. But that kid, that four-year-old kid I was talking about earlier, that dreamer that dreamed of changing the world, started dreaming again mm-hmm. and dreaming way bigger. And I said to myself, if I believe in this enough, I got to go all in. I got to jump in with, with both my feet and not worry about whether 
it's going to fail or not. I have to just do it. I have to trust. And so I went to the school in January. I said, guys, I'm taking the following year off. They all thought I was, I was like lying because I was considered to be the forever eighth grader. I love my students. <laughs> I, I love, I love my students so much. And I said, I got to see what happens if I bet on myself a bit more. Mm. What happens if I put all my all into betting on myself into a dream I had? And that's what I did in the following year. It was my first year, not in school. And I remember thinking, oh, you know, things are just going to miraculously come together. You know? And I was wondering, why, why is the website not happening? Why is this not happening? I'm a very big perfectionist. So I was holding on to this film, not wanting to show it. And it was October. And I said, ah, you know what? I don't know what's going to happen. I'm still learning what to do. I mean, I've never run a nonprofit organization. I had no background in that. I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew why I was doing it. And that honestly is the most important question you could ever ask yourself in this life. Not how you're going to accomplish something, but why you actually want to accomplish it. Mm-hmm. And so I said, you know what? I have this film. I'm going to put it online. I have no idea who's going to see it, how they're going to see it, but I'm going to put it up online. I'm going to continue doing the work I have to do to get the message out there, but I'm going to share it. No more holding it. And I posted it on YouTube without knowing a clue of how YouTube even works. You know, it was 2011. Yeah, right. Going viral is something that... We still, Twitter wasn't even around like that yet. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So put the video up online and within a couple of months, the video went crazy viral. I remember actually thinking and saying, you know what? I thought that this was a normal thing. Oh, this is what happens. You put a video on it. I had no clue. All I was doing all day for months, for months, I didn't have a website for a year after that, was answering comments. That's all I did for maybe 20 to 22 hours a day. Seriously, that's how many comments were coming in. All I was doing was replying to comments, but I was doing much more than that. I was creating connections with people. Mm-hmm. I was seeing people. I was fulfilling that promise to see people the way I wish somebody would have seen me. Because in our world of digital media, yes, there's so many ways to connect, but studies show us that people are feeling less connected and more isolated than ever. Because we're not necessarily getting the kind of responses that we need. We're throwing things out into the air. People tell me, you know, how come you're spending so much time answering a negative comment of someone? I said, because that person didn't write that there for no reason. They wrote it there because they're wanting someone to see them mm-hmm. and they feel like nobody sees them. And from that small film, Life Us Inside emerged. I mean, the concept, the philosophy of the organization was literally the same philosophy incorporated into my classroom. If you want to create change, it's not just about inspiration. Inspiration's awesome. You know, people go on a weekend, they go to a retreat, they go hear a seminar, they're inspired. Wow, I'm gonna change my whole entire world around. I always tell people, please don't wanna change your whole entire world around because what's gonna happen is you're going to get so discouraged that you're not able to do it in that sort of rapid pace that you're gonna drop making any change whatsoever. Take one thing. Mm-hmm. Inspiration is important. You need to start. So the philosophy of the organization is first, you must, yes, you have to inspire, to inspire people to believe again, to believe that change is possible, that kindness is the way to get us there. But then you need to engage with people, giving them something small that they can incorporate into their world to create their own pathway to how they're going to, you know, bring a change. And it's got to be something small and something easily incorporated into their daily lives. And building trust is important because the next step is to educate. And only once you've you've built trust will people actually listen to what you have to say. Mm-hmm. And on the educate platform of the organization, I mean, all we're saying is two words. We're saying you matter. Mm-hmm. Two such simple words that it's very hard for people to believe because we live in a world where everything that is surrounding us makes us feel like we're not enough. 
not smart enough, not fast enough, not pretty enough, not popular enough. We'll get back to our conversation with Orly in just a moment. But first, our kindness call, sponsored by Cornwell Properties, where location matters. Hi, Nicole. My name is Aaron. I'm calling from Wisconsin. I have uh, the ultimate story of kindness on this Memorial Day 2019 to share with you. This is about a man named Michael Mansoor. Uh, he was a United States Navy SEAL. And um, in uh, May of 2006, he and his team, he was assigned to Delta Platoon SEAL Team 3. They were uh, deployed to the most dangerous place on planet Earth back in those days, and that, would, uh, that being Ramadi, Iraq. Um, after five months of deployment, they were a week away from going home. They were one week away. They were on their last mission of that deployment. Then on September 29, 2006, he and his comrades were stationed uh, atop a roof, um, engaged in heavy combat. Uh, an enemy insurgent threw a grenade over the roof, hit Mr. Mansour in the chest. And interestingly enough, he was the only one of the six men on the roof that could have made it to safety. The other five of his brothers were certain to die. But instead of taking the easy route out, he dove on top of it, and his body absorbed the blast, saving his five brothers. He, uh, he died. He succumbed to his wounds about 30 minutes later, um, and he was posthumously awarded the Medal of Honor, which is not one of these things that's given out freely or easily. So when I think about kindness, uh, I can't think of a greater act of sacrifice uh, and kindness than um an individual that uh, puts his life down for his brothers. So there you go. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Thanks. Did you know you can be on the Kindness Podcast? Call the Kindness Hotline with your story. You can leave us a voicemail at the number in the description of this podcast. Now, back to the show. I noticed in the video, uh, the Kindness Boomerang video, that when someone did an act of kindness for someone else, the person who was the recipient, their first reaction was skepticism. And I wondered if you put that in there on purpose, because that's kind of sometimes how kindness goes. And people are afraid, so afraid to do an act of kindness for someone or to help them out or to say that they see them because they're afraid that they're going to be rejected. Was that intentional that you had people look kind of skeptical? So I love that you've noticed that 100% that was. So something that a lot of people don't know about the film, there is a page long backstory on every single character that you're looking at on the screen. Yeah, the characters mm. that you're seeing for like five seconds, there is a full backstory. Because like I said, every one of those people are based on real life experiences mm -hmm. of what happened to that person. I always say, you know, you know, one of, one of the scenes, for example, okay, there's a, a young girl that just got her phone back, her cell phone back. And the man that, the, you know, the homeless man that ran to give her a cell phone. And she all of a sudden sees this old lady sitting at a, at a table alone. And she sees a flower vendor and she goes on and she buys flowers for this old lady that she doesn't know. Mm -hmm. and, she, and she continues along in her way and the flower vendor gives her a flower showing she acknowledged what she did. But I always ask people, I say, okay, let's, let's take this scene for example. Who is that old lady? What was going on in her life that day? Why were flowers so important that day? You see, the thing that we don't realize is everybody has a story, mm -hmm. every person. So yeah, there's going to be skepticism because we unfortunately also live in a world where we're, we're, we're in a sense programmed to think, well, if somebody's giving you something, they have some sort of ulterior motive. Right. 
we're also afraid to approach people because we don't necessarily know how they're going to accept or reject our kindness. Our job is not to judge or not to make calculations. Our job, we're not meant to make calculations in this world. We're meant to do one thing. We're meant to open our eyes and engage with people. Sometimes you're going to go over to somebody and you're going to engage with them and maybe they're going to shut you down. Now, the question that you have to ask yourself is, what's going on in their life? Yeah, it could hurt. You could take it personally. And I'm not, saying that it, I'm not saying that it doesn't hurt. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't take it personally. We're human beings at the end of the day. But understand that unkindness only exists because something is, something is not going on right within that other person. Because we're programmed naturally. We're programmed to be kind. It's part of our, our DNA. So if there's some sort of an anti-situation here, Something must be going on in that person's life. That old woman, going back to that old woman that was sitting alone that day, she was sitting there for a reason. It was a year after her husband passed away. Mm. And right across from her, what some people may not notice, there was an older, another older woman surrounded by her grandkids. Now you see this, this old woman that was left alone, she loved kids her whole life, and she was a teacher. And because of her love for her, for her work and her career, she put her personal life on hold and only got married at a very late age in life. And when it came the time to finally get married and she got married her husband and they were so excited to have children, her husband gave her a charm bracelet with three charms, one to give each one of the children that they were hoping to have. The problem was is that because she got married late on in life, it was very hard for her to have children. She wasn't able to have children. And there she was alone a year after her husband passed away with that charm bracelet, with those three charms still on it. And across from her, she sees another older woman surrounded by her grandkids. Mm -hmm. And she never felt more alone than ever. But if that young girl didn't see something, and what we see in people is we see a little bit of ourselves. We have to open our eyes to see what, what is that person's story? How can the kindness that I do fill a void? And to also understand that sometimes we're going to be met with that skepticism. When I gave, you know, the, the scene with the hot dog, with the, there was a scene that took place with a man that gives a hot dog to a homeless man. Right. That's based on a real life story I went through. I was skeptical. I, I bought this hot dog. I saw this man there sitting there, homeless, with a sign in his hand. But what I noticed most was his eyes. All he was doing was scanning the crowd, hoping and waiting for someone to see him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I went over and got that hot dog. And I tapped him on the shoulder, I introduced myself, and we engaged in a few moments of conversation. His name, my name, his name was Hutch. And finally, after a few moments of, of speaking, I finally built up the courage to ask him if, he, if I can give him that hot dog. I was worried, well, what would his reaction be? You know, would, would he look at me like I'm crazy? Would he completely scream at me? Would he turn me away? Would he say, what are you doing giving me food? Or give me a dollar, I want that instead. I didn't know. Right. Our job is not to make calculations, but to recognize and understand that just like we have our days, our bad days with our stories, people out there have their days. We just need to re-engage people, build, rebuild the trust that we, we, tr we believed in so much when we were kids. The fact that we believed so much that one act that we did could change the world. Why, why did we stop believing that? Why? Because we got hurt? We're going to get hurt. We're going to get hurt, but the real question is if we're going to be able to continue believing in the good of humanity. That's the only way to bring about change. Orly, do you still talk to middle schoolers? I do. It's my favorite thing to do. <laughs> I, was, I, I, 
I, I love, I love, uh, you know, connecting with kids. It's a very, very big part of what I do. I, I go around, I, I give talks, I give workshops in schools, uh, elementary, middle school, high school, colleges, companies as well, talking about kindness within the workplace, within mm-hmm. culture, within the home. Kindness is something that we all know to be true, but we just need to raise our awareness to it. And I feel that middle school specifically is really that, it's that fork in the road. Right. It's a time where you can go one way or the other. And, and, and building a, a person's self-confidence and self-value is the greatest thing in the world. And kindness is the tool to do it because when you engage in kindness, you come to realize that you matter yeah. because you didn't need to, you don't need to be the wealthiest guy or the smartest guy or the toughest guy, the most popular guy to make a difference. All you truly needed to be was you. That's it. Yeah. I'm so happy to hear that you're still engaging with the middle schoolers. I, uh, I tried to overdose when I was in eighth grade um, in an attempt to kill myself. And I didn't know at that young age what life had in store yet for me. I just, like you said, you feel alone. You feel like nobody notices you, like you don't matter, like you're you're just one of so many. And so yeah. how important to to remind all people and and especially that that tender age that it that they matter. That they matter. It's it's the most important thing that you can give to somebody. And it's something that it's not just only for middle schoolers. Adults, so many adults, because again, we're surrounded in a society that always makes us feel like we're just not enough. Mm-hmm. We're always comparing ourselves to others. I mean, we are. Is there one tool that you can give people that is like, okay, here's your tool. Here's your mantra. Here's what you need to know when you feel those thoughts creeping in like you're not enough. That's a really great question. The truth is everyone's story is going to be different. And no one can actually tell you that they're st- this, this is the magic secret sauce. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be, no, it's the truth. If I said that, I would be lying. There's no, there's no secret sauce. But the thing to remember is, the thing to remember is that those feelings of insecurity, of lack, is something that every single person in this world faces, irregardless of age, irregardless of stature, irregardless of wealth, irregardless of popularity. Choose the most, the most secure person that you know of. The, you know, the big, you know. If, famous person or YouTuber that you follow and you think, wow, they got their life together. They're really, wow, they got it. I promise you, I can guarantee you that that person also feels insecurity. That person also wakes up some days and, and questions whether they matter. It's, it's, it's a part of human nature to feel this way, but you have the key to change it. And what I always say, and this is something that I take on, to myself and for everybody it's something different for me what got me through my hardship my severe depression my my also my facing that, that suicide mm-hmm. was was faith that was for me it's not going to be for everybody it's going to everyone has their thing and when i wake up in the morning and this is one thing i always tell people i said if you're going to remember if you're going to take one thing remember one thing that i said to you just remember this when you wake up tomorrow morning and you take that first deep breath in you remember that there are people in this world that don't have that, that are not waking up that morning, mm-hmm. that their life was taken from them that night. And if you wake up in the morning, that means whether you want to say God, for me it's God, for somebody else could be the universe, whatever you want to call it, I don't care, is betting on you that you're going to bring something into the world today that nobody else can bring. Because if you weren't, you wouldn't be here. There's no such thing as a superfluous person. No matter what I try and accomplish in my life, no matter what it is, 
I'm never going to accomplish what you can accomplish. It doesn't matter what I try and do. I could do everything in the world. I'm never going to do what you're supposed to do because you're here because only you're supposed to do it. And regardless of the mistakes that we've made yesterday and the day before, the bumps in the road we had, the fact that we think we're so far from being able to be redeemed for the things that we did wrong or the mistakes we made. No, you woke up. It's like you have, a, you have a beautiful, clear slate in front of you. The question is, how are you going to paint that picture? It's in your hands. The whole universe, God, the world is betting on you. The question that you need to ask yourself is, are you going to bet on you? Are you going to bet on you? It's the most important person to be betting on you is you. And no amount of praise from anyone is going to be able to make you feel that, that sense of love and appreciation. It's only going to be you. Yep. It's got to come from the inside. You've got to wake up and know that you have the right to paint that picture. Orly, thank you so much for all you are doing in this world, in this universe, to remind people of their importance and to spread kindness. That four-year-old girl is alive and she is a world changer. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. That was a conversation with Orly Waba. You can learn more about Orly and what she's doing by visiting her Facebook page at facebook.com slash orly.waba. Thanks for listening to The Kindness Podcast. It's produced by WOUB Public Media and relies heavily on the kindness of engineer Adam Rich and intern Chloe Meston. I'm Nicole Phillips. We hope you'll subscribe to The Kindness Podcast wherever you listen and find us on social media at Kindness Podcast. If you like the show, please spread some kindness in the review section. 